Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome in to the round six Supercoach Report. It's uh, Lakey here, Sammy Sonic. Juzzy's off uh, gallivanting around the state, um, up in Dolby, I think, you know, God's country at the moment. So I've brought in uh, the ring-ins. I've got um, Alex with me here, one of the new boys with the site. You might remember him from a podcast he's filled in with us last year. So um, how you doing, bud? Yeah, not too bad. Glad to be back on. So yeah, thanks again. But no, I'm keen to get into it. How um how are you finding Supercoach this year? I know the rules have changed a little bit, and yeah, it's um, definitely yeah a bit different. Um, it's no uh, high flying turbo of twenty twenty one to save you round when he drops two hundred as your captain, but yeah, you know, we move. We are you know still working along, and everyone's trying to figure out what the hell's going on, basically. Yeah, and that's been my hardest thing too is to trying to adjust from the. The must-have fullbacks. Everyone wanted the best fullbacks, and how are we going to fit seven guys into two positions? And then all of a sudden, it's uh, it looks like the halves and and hookers are doing all the damage again. So, trying to um, you know, trying to change the mindset a bit. I, I'm not quite ready to give up on Teddy yet. Yeah, no, neither am I. Well, I, I think that's kind of situational. Um, if you have trades in the bank and you haven't, and you've been, you know, quite tight with them, then maybe you can have a play around, but. If you're like me and I've currently burnt through 10, uh, I think I'm sitting pretty with Teddy. Have you burnt through 10? Is that what's yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah, I've used uh, two boosts already. I don't mind looking at my team. I'm only looking at one trade this week so I can start to kind of hold and slowly work towards a round 13 team. Yeah, that's the plan. And so we'll talk about that a little bit uh, more tonight, we're going to go over, you know, the usual stuff. We'll, we'll talk about the headlines from TLT that just dropped a couple of hours ago. We're going to have a look into the upcoming draws. Um, this is Stylesy's bread and butter. If anybody's listening to the pod over the last couple of weeks, Stylesy loves to rattle off the upcoming draws. Um, and we're going to, you know, look at some of the better teams and some of the tougher teams coming into that round 13 buy and who plays what there. Um, then, uh, yeah, we might touch on the positional changes. Those dropped uh, this week. They're officially in now, but um, we sort of knew what was coming ahead of that. And and seeing as we've got yourself on, Alex, I thought we'd go through a few buy, sell, hold options um, and get your take on some of these guys that are sort of either performing or floating around the precipice. Yeah, absolutely. There's always um, a couple that miss out in the actual article itself. And as, as much as I want to talk about everyone, you know, there's only so many spots available for each thing. So, I'm, yeah, I'm glad to be able to talk uh, more in depth about them. Awesome. Awesome. So, first of all, um, you know, people probably know you a little bit, but give us a, a bit of background on yourself. Where do you come from? I know you're a Dragons fan, but I won't hold that against, especially this week, I will hold that against you. <laughs> um, but 
Um, how'd you get into the Supercoach caper and um, how are you going so far this year? Yeah, so I only really started going uh, playing Supercoach in 2020. Uh, I played it a bit when I was younger, um, back in my early teens, but I wasn't really that invested in it. And then 2020, my, my dad and all his mates are you know diehards, whether they live and buy live and die by the uh the super coach so yeah i thought i'd join them from 2020 onwards and, and came top thousand that year so you know i kind of developed a passion for it and then last year i uh, started off hot and was first overall and stayed top five for maybe like four or five weeks um and yeah no, now it's just taken over my life as everyone else kind of around me has uh, has seen so basically, uh, for those that don't remember, you were – where were you sitting at? Second or third or something? Uh, I think I was second when I came on the pod last year. I came year, on yeah. the pod and Juzzy absolutely um, cursed you into oblivion. Which <laughs> went nothing but downhill after that, didn't you? Yeah, I never dropped out of the top 1,000 for the whole season. So I was pretty happy with that. But, yeah, no. ended up top 500 still. Second second year in and you've come top 1,000, that's um, – that's cracking. I think I played, you know, oh, probably seven or eight years before I even got close to that. Um, so you've done very well. You've obviously got a head for the game. Um, how how are you going this year? What's what's the haps? Uh, yeah, what did you score last week? Uh, last week was one of my better weeks. So I, well, I say that was actually my second uh, lowest round position, but I actually started off the year ninety thousandth position. So it wasn't too hot out of the gates like last year when I was twenty second after the first round. Um, but I've kind of snuck my way up every week, so I'm coming top five thousandth now. I'm four about four point seven k, and uh, last week I got just over eleven hundred. So thankfully, Nico saved me with the captaincy there. I've been pretty lucky with captains so far, besides Teddy in round one and Fafita round two. But I got Pappy's big score and Nico Hines as well. So yeah, I think they've kind of been my saving grace. Uh, see, I have the, the exact opposite. I had Teddy in round one and Fafita round two. I had Munster last week when everyone was on Pappenhausen. And I had Puppy this week when Munster went large. So I've been just cursed with the captains. And considering it used to be my bag, I've just really had a shit run with it. So, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm doing pretty well considering I'm at four and a half K. So it's just a couple of spots ahead of you, which is probably only about two or three points in the overall, the way that things are going. It's really tight at the top end. Yeah, that's it. I think having a look at the even the top one k, um, that I'm, I'm only a, you know a hundred two hundred points behind that. Maybe not even. So it's still a you know anyone's game. It's ridiculously close this year compared to previous years. Yep, exactly right. And so as you said, you started ninety k, and a couple of good weeks got you back up uh, inside the in five k. So. Uh, anybody who's already given up hope and pulled the pin and looking for the delete team button, it, stick with it. One good week can make your season. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just having a look now, I've got the, the about the 5,000th uh, spot is only 154 points back from top 1,000th. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, it's that close. <laughs> Even Catfish, um, who's about 15K, he's only 300 points behind top 1,000. Yeah, I say I said in my article this week, which is I've just posted up on the site. But um, if I had have reversed my captaincy tr- calls the last two weeks and gone on Pappenhausen last week, Munster this week, I'd be uh, inside four hundred and fifty something. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. It's just that close. It's so a couple of key calls can really make or break your season. But oh, that's super coach. That's what we love, and that's what we hate about the game. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right, let's jump ahead. We'll get into a bit of the TLT um, news from today. 
Some of the big ones, we, the biggest one we already know, Latrell is out for eight weeks. Uh, that's a huge blow for the Bunnies. Blake Taff comes in to replace him uh, in the full pack position. Um, he's probably a good little cheapy, but we'll touch on him a little bit later. Um, Painhouse out for one week with his uh, drinking suspension, I guess you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just say the that was Mate. Don't stand on his white shoes, I tell you what. I feel for any bloke on the field that runs over the top of his toes. Um, God knows what happens off camera if you step on his shoes. Well, this is the thing. The amount of times these blokes get caught on camera doing this, you could just imagine what they're doing off camera. But we won't uh, go into that. That's all all speculation. Um, What else we got? Kula is back in. Um, playing in the centres, Morgan Harper is out with COVID. So uh, there's a bit to talk about there. Waga Blake is out with his knee injury. That brings Murata Niakore into the fold. His first game of the season, I believe. Um, and then a couple of just minor things. Xavier Savage gets his first game. He comes in on the bench and placing Matt Frawley as the uh, utility for the Raiders. Ruben Cotter, this one stings me. I got him last week. Ruben Cotter's back to the bench with the return of uh, Cohen Hess. Uh, Brian Kelly in for Corey Thompson. Bit of a shock with that one for me. And then a couple of little ones. Alec McDonald is out for anybody who still holds him. Sam Verrills is back for the Roosters after a long injury layoff. And the Tigers have obviously been cleaned out. There's about four or five guys who have just been given the punt. Surprisingly, Luke Brooks is not one of them. Um, I'm surprised there's not another seven Tigers added to that list. There was only about four that got dropped to New South Wales Cup, but it definitely could have been the whole starting You cannot cannot pull the entire captaincy uh, group straight out (laughs) of the fold. Get it one at a time. So Brooks may be on the chopping block next week. Um, Those are the bigger ones that I sort of – that jumped out to me. Was there anything that stood out for you from a a TLT standpoint? No, a bit – I'm a bit confused why Gus is still on the bench. I know Butcher's been playing pretty decently um, and, and Crine's been playing good through the middle, but still kind of shocking that he's been a bench player for three or four weeks now. Um, I was really only expecting that to be a couple of week kind of, you know, kick in the ass. Um, and I thought he's kind of earned his position back, but no, apparently not. And, and last week when he went back on the edge, um, I can't remember who it was. that went, It might have been Butcher that went off. Um, Gus yeah, played brilliant, and I think he scored a try on playing on the edge as well. So I'm still a bit confused how he's not got that spot back. Yeah, Ruben Butcher, um, head knock, I believe. He only played 46 minutes, so he came off just after half time. Uh, ended up missing out the back end of the game. Still scored 40 minutes in the first half, so he's done pretty well. But yeah, you're right. Let's say when I saw that, I thought Crichton was obviously coming back from elbow surgery in the off season. They're probably just giving him a bit of time to uh, get back up to speed and get fitness and blah 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 blah. But it's just um, it stayed there. And whether they're winning or losing, they're, they're sticking with the same rotation, and he's just not getting on the field. It's great for a price standpoint. His price is dropping through the floor for us. But um, the way things are going, you wouldn't even be jumping on him when he bottoms out. No, I was kind of secretly hoping he was named to start because I um I'm looking at just one trade this week myself and it was Wilton out, but God knows who too. And I was hoping that Crichton would be named so I could just chuck him in there. And you know, he's a season long hold if he's staying as a starting second rower, especially if you're picking him up at that price. But no, seems not to be. Well, mate, say so many people have given me all sorts of shit about David Fafita being just a, a dud buy, um, but many were on the Angus Crichton train as an alternative to him at the start of the year, but we haven't heard about those blokes. No, it's just about me. Are you a David <laughs> Fafita owner? Uh, I was. I was you until were. I decided to start playing, Oh, did you cut him last week? 
I did. I did indeed. But that, it was kind of to fund um, other moves as well. But uh, the replacement I got from Daniel Tupu, he decided not to do anything in the game for a first. So kind of got burnt. But it's all right. Again, still only 100 or so points out of the uh, top 1,000. So I'm not too upset by it. <laughs> Mate, that's, that's brutal. Um, I think I was telling Matt, Matt was absolutely serving me on last week's pod about when are you going to actually trade him? When what? When's enough's enough? And I just went, nah, I'll stick with it. And I'm glad I did. Um, we've had a, just before we go too much further, we've had a message from the great man JT himself sitting at Dolby. He's obviously got nothing better to do. He wanted me to share a joke. And he said, uh, a man and his wife walks into a bar. The man asks the bartender for a beer. The bartender says, what about for your wife? And the man goes, yeah, that seems like a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> Another JT classic. Eh? That's a JT classic. He <laughs> loves it. So that's probably going to be a running uh, a seg- segment on the pod from now on, JT and his <laughs> shit jokes. Anyway, let's move on. We'll go to look at the draws. We've got uh, the buy is, is fast approaching. Um, what are we, week six today? So we're less than two months out from the first buy round um, and the origin period. It's really sneaking up on us. I know um, myself, I was looking at my team today. Uh, especially considering Brad Schneider, who's who's coming up towards um, trade out territory, with you know he he's topping out in price and his break even sneaking up a little bit or will be. Um, but then I looked ahead and the and the Raiders play in round thirteen, so that got me thinking about do I keep him? What's what are the type of guys we're going to be looking to get in for round thirteen? So you know off the top off the uh, first and foremost, the Gold Coast are playing North Queensland. Penrith are playing the Dogs, Manly versus New Zealand, and then Canberra versus Sydney in the buy round. Uh, Origin players won't be included, obviously, but what, uh, is there anybody in that group, in those sorts of groups, non-Origin players that we should be targeting? Uh, yeah, see, I, I personally think that I'm trading just for the buy rounds is a little bit overrated, especially considering we don't have the the super trade round. So you essentially you, you're doing extra boosts just to get those players in for round 13. Then after round 13, you're kind of stuck with them unless you want to burn through more boosts or, you know, sway from original plans. Um, there's not, I wouldn't say there's any real place specifically that I'd be looking to target more. So it, it, if you're debating between two players now, uh, say, for example, you're debating between Olakawatu and uh, someone who's not playing in round 13, that might sway you to get Olakawatu uh, in now. But mm-hmm. I don't know if necessarily going out to target players just for the one round is worth it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So in in your scenario, so let's say an Olakawatu versus uh, Kalamatangi, both guys are playing on the edge in in high scoring teams or can be high scoring teams, and they're both playing pretty well. Uh, South playing the second buy round, so you're saying to target the Olakawatu's first to get through that extra. Oh, um, just, if you're if you're in such a you know sticky position 50, 50. And, you, and you have no way to difference them, or you, you're really in two minds, that uh, I'd put that in as a factor now. But I wouldn't be trading Olakawatu in just because he plays round thirteen. Uh, if, if you're really stuck between two, then yeah, it comes in as a factor. But if that's the only reason you want, you know, someone like that in, I, I probably wouldn't say that's the best trade in. If that's the only reason. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, um, especially with, you know, it's the back end of the guys, the round 17 guys, I think you want to target more um, because you'll have them for the run home and following the first buy round, you'll be looking at the guns um, in those sides, you know, 
especially if they're not going to be picked for origin. So you'll look at your Kolomatangis and, I don't know, your Papali'is in Parramatta, um, yeah, those sorts absolutely. of guys um, for the run. I was looking at St. George. I was like, is there any guns in that team anymore? Um, but Barely. <laughs> mate, the best guy you've got is still stuck on the bench. I don't understand it. Um, do, 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 do. Let's have a look. Uh, so the, we've got a few rookies or a few uh, mid-price guys. You've got uh, your Jeremiah and Nanai's, um, both the Penrith boys. They play in that first buy round. Taylor May, uh, if he gets that far with his impending charges, and uh, Isaac Targo. So they'd be two guys I'd be absolutely holding through that first buy round, maybe looking to flick on um, post that. And I'm taking a similar approach with Brad Schneider for the Raiders. It's uh, He'll come up against Sydney, and the Raiders have got a pretty tough draw, I believe, coming up. But, you know, those guys are, are, are some you can ride through that first buy and then flick on the back end. You won't lose too much by holding on to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, just regarding Taylor and May, because I see Targo's a season-long hold has Probably everyone should. Um, Taylor May, though, is a bit different. Uh, there's every chance that Brian Toto comes back and plays on the right or May plays on the right, so he's a hold. But in the case Brian Toto comes back and May is dropped again, his price and Toto's due back, I think, around eight or nine maybe. Uh, I, I could be incorrect, but I think roughly around that time period. Um, Taylor May is probably five or 600K at that point, uh, and that's a long, that's a big money hold for four rounds just to get him versus the Dogs. And last year when Penrith uh, were missing all the Origin players, I think it was they lost to the Tigers in the bye round in round 13. It's true, they did. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, so, I mean, if they're missing all their Origin players, especially, you know, Stephen Crichton, Isaiah Yo, Cleary, everyone's out, then I, I don't see a lot of attacking stats coming even against the Dogs. Um, no, you're right. Not man. enough to hold someone who's 600K for four rounds. The, the thing I like about Taylor May, though, is he is getting those attacking stats. He's obviously playing in, in the, one of the best sides in the comp, and he's getting a lot of tries and breaks and stuff like that. But he's also coming in for a lot of those tough out-of-the-back runs. He's getting involved um, in the nitty-gritty stuff, very much um, Brian Toto light uh, from last year. So I think even if he doesn't get these attacking stats, which he's just been eating up at the moment, he's probably still good for a 40 45, which is probably not the worst thing in the world to have in your buy round. And the reason I say that, um, like you said, 600K is a lot to have on your bench, but do we really think at the moment he gets dropped um, in over Charlie Staines, the way Staines is I, playing? I wouldn't, have char- I wouldn't have started Charlie Staines at the season to begin with, to be yeah, completely honest. Exactly. I would have had May or Toe out on the right from the get-go, um, but you know, there, there's something to do with Ivan Cleary and Staines there. They've, they've got a love that just can't be broken. Um, so I <laughs> really hope Taylor May stays in the team, but we'll see, uh, that's right. Staines should be playing New South Wales Cup. Yeah, yeah. The way he absolutely butchered that try on the weekend was a laughable and b just you know head shakingly bad. It was just that's it was. Like, a, he, I, I could have scored that. You could have scored that. It's just a catch and fall over. Basically, anyone with one hand could have scored it. Yeah, he completely muffed it. Um, so looking ahead, you know, post round thirteen. Um, and New Zealand plays in round 13, which is always a gold mine because plenty of those guys do not play Origin anyway. Um, but let's say we get through that and we've got a bunch of our cows still with us. Who are the big names in round 17 uh, by rounds that you think we should be targeting? The Sharks and Storm have plenty of super coach options, but again, plenty of those are going to be missing uh, in round 17. Your, your Harry Grants and Munsters um, will be gone. 
Uh, South will be missing Cody, you would think. Damian Cook will be there for New South Wales. Um, Latrell will be back by round 17 as well, so he'll be in origin. Correct. Yeah, so there'll be plenty of guys. Your Blake Tafts, your Lachlan Ilias's, if you haven't already flicked him. Um, but, yeah, who, who are the names that we should be looking for that run home? Well, it, it's it's a bit tough because last year Campbell Graham was playing origin. Um, but, you know, if everyone's healthy for the New South Wales team, I'm not sure Campbell Graham makes it as a centre because they'd probably have Turbo and Latrell there uh, with To'o and you know, Adokar or Tupu on the wings. So if Campbell Graham isn't playing origin, I'd say he's definitely a buy. Um, but uh, especially for that round 17 because you know, he'll be playing against uh, – Newcastle aren't yeah. too flash, as no, you we're know. Not. Walk it in. Yeah, he'll be in for <laughs> 150 that day, the way he's playing and the way we're playing. That's it. Um, uh, yeah. And IPAPS as well, as you mentioned before. He And, and uh, similar to Campbell Graham, Zach Lomax as well. Um, I can't see him making the Origin team, um, not at this stage or not this year. Uh, just, you know, the talent they have. And I think he's leading the league in errors as well, just, you know, despite how good he's been on paper and, and you know, with the eye test, he still is leading the league in errors. So he's still got a lot of growing up and maturing to do on the field. Yep. Um, yeah, I no, can't see I'm him a, making it as well, so he's definitely a shout. I'm a big Zach Lomax fan. I really like what he does, the way he gets involved. And I was to, uh, one of my best mates is a Dragons fan, and I was talking to him just yesterday and and – he told me that Michaeli Revelawa is pretty much only in first grade because of the way Zach Lomax sets him up. Um, a lot of the times he has some good run backs, but but uh, Lomax really he sort of carries that that right edge. Um, but yeah, he sort of he'll he'll only get in if uh, you know there's injuries to the top guys, as there is at the moment. So you never know what will happen. It's it's a long way. Yeah, back. absolutely. And even then, I see Campbell Graham as, with his Origin experience already. He's probably shooing over Zach Lomax. So out of the two, if, if you're choosing between the two and you're looking at the round 17 as a play for either of them, Zach Lomax is probably the safer play because I'd say he's definitely playing round 17 compared to Campbell Graham, who you know potentially could make the origin squad. Yeah, both right centres too. As a, yeah, so, yeah know, exactly. So playing so. off against each other. Well, Campbell yeah. Graham can play either side. Zach Lomax really only has experience on the right. Yeah. I guess the 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 wood that um, Zach Lomax would have is he's a goal kicker, which you know clearly he's got covered, obviously. But you know he was and hurt. They got the Teddy in the team year. as well. He's a quality Ooh, goal kicker. Jesus, Jesus Christ! No, well, assuming around seventeen, they'd have a trail too. He can kick. Yep, that's so, fair. For Origin, that's fair. yeah, no, they got yeah. plenty of options. Um, I oh, mean, you're a New South Welshman, aren't you? I was about to say Queensland. No, no, no. I was born, born and uh, raised in Brisbane. So I'm actually Queensland, but supporting a New South Wales team. Yeah, that's right. Your daddy. That's right. That's right. Dad's um, from down south, but moved up the year Origin started. So he's actually a Queensland fan as well. Good on him. Good on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So looking at the draws coming up, we've got a couple of the, the big name teams have some very favorable draws and the Roosters, Bunnies, Penrith and the Sharks. Um, I know I've got a few of those guys. Is there anyone from those teams you're looking to bring in in the interim to take advantage of these these draws coming up? Yeah, well, I, I feel like I'd definitely be looking at more if I had the trades, but I'm kind of, you know... <laughs> kicking myself now that I've got to start saving them. So I am only looking at the one this week and that's actually Teague Wilton out. Um, and that's, he's got the storm this week, but then who knows what's happening with Wade Graham in the weeks to come. And Cam yeah, McInnes Graham. is playing more minutes and he played on the edge last week when Wilton went out with the HIA. So Cam McInnes still has that possibility of playing in the edge. And 
who knows, they play him out there a little bit just to uh, get him some more on-field experience and, you know, leading up to him starting. Um, and, and I think his B is around 70 now, so he's made his cash and I've got a bit of, I've got 120K in the bank, so I can essentially bring in anyone in the center wing or second row up to about 615K. Um, that's luxury. So I, yeah, well, that's it. I've, I've that's why that's why uh, for the trade up with Fafita last week. I'm not too mad at because I was still able to bring in Harry Grant and, um, and and Tupu, so I'm still not mad at that. And with the 120k in the bank, I do have quite a few options there. I am looking at Kalama Tungi and Campbell Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, you know, Bunny's run, it's really that, that it's, it is incredible. But yeah, uh, Lomax is in there as well. There's so many so many options at the moment, and they're all around the same marks. So it's hard to get you know find the difference. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, as I said, the the bunnies playing dogs west, uh, Manly Brisbane is probably the the pick of the runs for me. So I, I'd personally be targeting a lot of them. I know people were tr- really jumping or frothing at the mouth to jump on Cody Walker um, coming up with this run, but I, I personally I don't like what I've seen from him. Um, you know, he only scored ten last week, but he's been he's been a shell of the man we saw last year. He's not playing the same role. Lachlan Ilias seems to be playing a lot of that roving half role. He's on both sides of the field and setting things up and doing a lot of the kicking and and, and whatnot. So he played in a bit more expansive role than what Reynolds did and what Cody's used to playing against. So is there any interest from you in Cody Walker? Not necessarily. Like he, he has stepped up a bit in the bigger games against uh, Roosters and Penrith. He, I think he scored a try in each and he, he scored – okay in there not by walker standards but you know he scored better than other games but you take out those two games and i think he averages about 20 points or maybe less mm-hmm. than he just has not shown it this year um you know he could go on a run for like you know 100, 100 points over the next four games but that might only bring his uh price up to about 650 600 so it's still gettable yeah uh, he's, i think he's still got quite a bit of money to lose um his be still about 110 and who knows, this week he could drop another 10. I think he got 10 points last week against St. George, and mm. we are not anything flash. No, uh, no put uh, up uh, a yeah. pretty yeah. decent score on you too, if I remember correctly. It wasn't – they didn't drop 50 or anything, but they, they – No, no but enough to score more than 10 points. I think he got 10 points, and he, only, and he had almost 20 tackles. Yeah, Jesus. So <laughs> I don't know how he finished on 10 points, but that's woeful from uh, someone who you're paying at the time was almost 600K. Yeah, that's insane. You know, I know a lot of people jumped on him last week and they'd be bitterly disappointed hoping for a quick turnaround. So I wish you all well, but I just, I just don't see it coming. I don't like the way he's uh, he's playing at the moment. The, the eye test, he's just absolutely failing. No, that's it. I think there's only two, uh, maybe stretch or third, uh, five-eighths that are really viable to have, and that's Munster, Dylan Brown. And I wouldn't say to trade him in, but if you already have him, he's a fine holder, Sam Walker, because he scored decent yep. last week and they've got a great run. Um, I wouldn't say to buy him in, but you know, if you hold him, I wouldn't be too up. Like, you, you wouldn't be looking to trade him out. But Dylan no. Brown and Cam Munster are really only two five eighths that should be in teams at the moment. Yeah, none of the uh, cheapies. You think just flog them off and run the two guns? Oh, I, I say you definitely have to have at least one in, like out of the Munster, Dylan Brown, and but yeah, that was something I was considering last week. I almost brought in Dylan Brown for Ilias. Um, then I thought no, I, I didn't have any roos- uh, sorry any rabbitos at the time, so I thought I better have at least one rabbito on the team to, you know, get something from that draw, uh, which didn't pay off amazingly. And you know, at least then I have 
5.8th coverage for the season with Dylan Brown and Munster. So I kind of wish I went down that route. Um, but, yeah, as long as you're having at least one of them in your team, I think you're, you're all right. All right, that works for me. I've got both of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm stoked with that. Yeah, so there's a couple, uh, as I said, there's a, the, the Sharks are another one that I like. They play the Storm this week, but then have a really easy run into the a buy. Um, Nico Hines is one I haven't got yet. Um, I've sort of been holding out hope that I can grab Cleary, but have I missed the boat and sh- or should I bite the bullet and just go for hell for leather to get him? Because I don't think he's going to be playing Origin, so he should have a pretty clear run home after round 13. Who's your halfback at the moment? Sam Walker. Yeah, that makes it a bit tough because yeah. uh, unless you're uh, probably yeah Sam Walker or Teddy are probably your two ways there. Yeah, um, but you know if if you do go the pod route and go Cleary, um, it would probably be after this round after he's got the price drop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, two hundred running with twelve break even for Nathan Cleary, which is insane numbers. So yeah, even, so if, even you if he drops him a- this week and probably next week, but then you're getting, you know, too close to that origin period where you only, you know, won't That's benefit that, greatly from him. There is every chance that Hines does make the team as like a 14. Well, because last year, I think they had Jack Whiten as their 14. So I said, Nico Hines is a considerable upgrade and can play pretty much any of those positions that Jack Whiten can and, and do it better. So yes, I, I think there's exactly, a chance yeah. Nico Hines will sneak into the bench spot there. Okay, that's a or good even call. The yeah. Six. yeah, Nico can play in, in either of the half spots or fullback at a pinch, so he's a good utility. Which, So I hadn't considered that, but, yeah, you're right. He could steal that. Um, I know previous to Whiten being there, they were trying to fit Pappenhausen into the 14 role, um, mm. trying to fit four fullbacks into the one team, essentially. So, you know, having the... Uh, Nico there would sort of cover uh, a little, a few more positions. Um, yeah, it's just crazy the talent pool they have. It's, uh, it's it kind of hurts. Stupid, isn't it? And we've got Kalen Ponga, who's yeah. we're debating whether Kurt Mann is a shoe in for centre. <laughs> <laughs> My head hurts. All right, so we <laughs> what we might do is we'll take a quick break. We're sort of jumping into the buy sell hold territory already, but we'll we'll come back and and uh, we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit uh, deeper. Yeah, sounds good. All right, we are back. We're back with Alex and myself. Um, before we jump into buy, sell, hold, like we spoke about pre-break, um, let's touch on the positional changes. They sort of, uh, I guess, feed into that buy, sell, hold a little bit. Um, there's only five guys who benefit from those changes, and we all know who they were going to be. Josh King, Jason Tomalolo are probably the pick of them. Um, Alec McDonald and Fletcher Baker have also gained a position. Those four guys are now all second row, front row, forward eligible. So you can flick those back and forth. And the fifth guy is Sam Walker, who, who gained 5'8 um, eligibility, uh, as opposed to just being the halfback. He's been named with a six on his back in all uh, six games this year. So does that uh, does that adjustment do anything for you? No, it's... I, I thought those positional changes were very underwhelming. Yes, um, I agree. Well, they didn't impact my team at all because I don't own, uh, besides Josh King, but there's no way I'm moving him to second row. I, I'm, everyone should have him in your front row. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just, it wasn't anything too 
exciting. Um, maybe no. like the, the real biggest one, obviously Jason Tamalolo to front row, and that kind of gives you a locked and loaded front rower. But even then, like he, he he's not setting the world on fire. He's not anything special. No, he's, say he's almost uh, close average. to what Josh King's getting. That's right. Josh King, I, I wrote about it today, is the third best scorer in the position, which is just insane for a guy that was 200 and I want to say 80K to start the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, possibly yeah. overdoing it. But yeah, Tom Lolo. Yeah, he's about 0.6 points a game ahead of Lolo. Yeah. And, and that's the only reason I'd be considering Tom Lolo now is for that uh, flexibility. Because again, COVID's going to come and ruin us at some stage. And it would be nice to have a couple of these guys you can bounce back and forth to cover positions. But. Um, for me, uh, Payne Haas and Papali'i are the picks in the front row. Um, I'd probably keep Josh King there on the bench for coverage. And then, you know, there's plenty more options that I prefer than Lolo in the second row. So, again, I agree with you. These don't do much for me at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I agree. The others, cut. yeah, well, McDonald and Fletcher Baker aren't even playing. I don't think Baker's been selected, has he, unless I missed that. But even yeah. if he has been selected, I wouldn't say he's a buy. Um, Sam Walker to 5.8 you know, helpful if you own him. But, again, I wouldn't say he's a buy. Yeah, perfect. Um, all right, we'll say moving on to the buy sell holds. This is your baby, so I'll let you really run with it for the most part. But I did want to um, ask you straight off the bat, Payne Haas. He's got that one week suspension. Um, you'd be crazy to be trading him out, wouldn't you? He's a definite hold. Yeah, uh, hold. Everyone should have you know a Max King or the likes on their bench just playing for this round. And Haas is back the week after. Just hold, hold, yeah. hold, 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 hold. Yeah, do not panic. So I, I myself have Leo Thompson and Max King, Max King on my bench. So it's not the most flattering looking side, but you know you'll be tearing your hair out to get him back in, surely. Oh, absolutely. I didn't start with him. I thought I'd get the anti pod route. Um, part of <laughs> it to do with you know stats from last year, and I thought other players might you know bridge the gap, and partly due to my hate to the Broncos, uh, I regret it. Obviously, judging by the way he's playing, yeah. He, uh, I actually started with Mo Fodawaker just off last year whenever they played games over 50 minutes. Um, Mo Fodawaker only averaged two points less. So I thought this year might be, you know, the year where he was finally getting the start. Justin Holbrook was a big fan of him and just hasn't hit his straps like I thought he might. No, at least he didn't um, go with Utoya Kamanu, which, you know, flopped for everybody. Oh, that, I was very close to that. I was very close to Jayara as well, and I think I would have preferred Jayara over both of them. Yeah, as we were just talking about the dual flexibilities, Jai Arrow is a perfect one to be pairing with either of those guys at the moment. So, um, yeah, he's that one I've got on my watch list. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't sort of do too much. He's more a base guy these days as opposed to a guy who's going to bust out a huge attacking stats. So it's someone I've got to keep an eye on. Um, well, that's, that's, I'd say AFB is in the same mould as well. Um, Fanua Blake, I, I started with him and Mo as my starting front rowers and – I took the chance to flick AFB because I didn't see another time when really he was worth trading out. So I traded him out when Leo Thompson was named to start. Yep. And because uh, I, I didn't think there was going to be any other time when I thought he was worth a trade out. Yeah, that's fair. I did that exact same trade and it's allowed me to fund some other uh, very important moves. So I don't regret that at all. Um, <laughs> TPJ, he's had a couple of decent games the last couple of weeks, scored a try, weekend just gone. Uh, what's your take on him? Are we buying uh, I'd say definitely a buy, but as long as it's not for Haas. Um, he's currently averaging 60 a game, uh, TPJ, and that well, that's 
against some tough teams too. So Broncos in the in the his first game that was fifty minutes. Then Manly the next week at forty six. His role's been a bit here and there as well. He's named to start on the edge every round, but it's actually Josh Jackson playing on the edge. And then against Melbourne and Penrith, he played seventy and eighty minutes, and he averaged uh, seventy two in those two games. And he definitely has his license to offload, um, which is beautiful to see. So it's kind of same old, same old TPJ. And no offenses yet either, I don't think. so. No, I'm hanging out for that. I need a steak. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sure you know, as as everyone knows, he's uh, always, you know, so close to getting suspended for eight weeks. Um, But, yeah, that that clean slate to go into the year that everyone got definitely helped him out. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't see any issue with him being a buy as long as it's not for Payne Haas. Yep, that's so. You wouldn't consider him in your second row. You did say you were trying to flick out Teague Wilton. Yeah, um, he's an option, but I'm kind of looking to buff up my center wing. So I'm probably narrowing my options down to Lomax and Campbell Graham. Um, but you know, TPJ is still an option, and I still could change my mind come you know Thursday afternoon. But yeah. Let's say, and again, that would give you the flexibility with Josh King. So these are the little wrinkles that go through my brain when these things pop up. I just, (laughs) I need to talk them out. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a good thing you got a platform to talk it out on then. Yeah, no, I could be worse off. Um, Mitch Moses, are you on him at all? Uh, Is it still, do we still have time to buy him or is the boat, the ship sailed? No, I'd say this is probably your last chance. Um, Last swing effort, I'd say, would be Teddy out to him. Uh, and then, but again, I'm on the whole Teddy train, but Mitch Moses is still a buy as long as you're, you're not having to trade out someone like Nico, Pappy, you know, Cleary, that, those type of that caliber of player. Uh, but I'd, I'd say your best way to Mitch is Teddy. Um, and potentially if your team is has a couple of other roosters, if you have Manu and, you know, Tupanua, or if you, if you do have a Sam Walker and a couple of other roosters options, then Teddy's probably, a, it could be a trade out. You don't want to overload in a team that's not really performing. Um, and, and like, if you're like me and only have Will Penasini from Para, you're kind of lacking in, from their attacking output. Uh, it, it, yeah, he's a definitely viable option. Just on Will Penasini, uh, I'll come back to it, but with Mitch Moses, um, I'm, I was very close to starting the year with him, but I didn't want to start with both him and Dylan Brown, thinking they would one would be a gun and the other one would be languishing behind as they have previous years. So I'm, I'm kicking myself I didn't do that. But um, with Mitch Moses this week against the Tigers, the team they've named, he's you know running the ball confidently and kicking plenty of goals. Slap the C on him if you're an owner. Oh, definitely. If you if you have, I'd say Dylan Brown's an option as well. Um, but yeah, if you have Mitch Moses, just get the C on him, and I wouldn't think too much about it. There's no like VC and C. This I know we'll talk about it a bit later on, but it's it's definitely tough this week. Yeah, huge. Um, Will Penasini too. He's moved out. Uh, I'm assuming to the left wing. Bailey, praying it's the left wing. <laughs> yeah, still out on the right there. So we're hoping it's the left wing where uh, Sean yeah, Russell just, put three tries in and a half and. Wanga Blake has scored three tries in the last three weeks. They're both just killing it on that edge. named on the wing as well. Obviously, he's been playing in the right wing, but last year for Canberra, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was playing left wing for them. So he did a bit of both, filling in for Kotrick or Chotrick, however you uh, pronounce it this, these yeah. days. Um, apologies if I've butchered that. But, yeah, he's um, he, he took over that role from... Chotrick, and I think he went and played on the right as well when, you know, Tomoko or, or 
Pana. Yeah, I'm not sure of Will Penasini's history to you know, be completely transparent. I, I don't know if he's played any left wing before. Obviously, he has experience on the right, playing right center all this season. Um, but you know, Samson has that experience in the left, which scares me a bit. But I think Penasini's an option either way. Um, the Eels are going to score mass points this week. They can put 48 on a you know a premiership quality side like the Dragons, and God knows what they'll do to the Tigers. <coughs> Sorry, I just choked on my water. Um, all right, Jesse Arthurs from the Warriors. He's not a big name guy, but he's definitely had some big games lately against the Broncos and Cowboys in the last couple of weeks, scoring tries for fun. Um, it's come with Sean Johnson back in the side the last couple of weeks. They've been both playing very well. Um, is Jesse Arthurs an option or is he a flash in the pan? Uh, I'd, if, if you. Yeah, I just don't see it. He's not really proven. He's had yeah, he scored three tries in the last two games, but it's been against Brisbane and the Cowboys. So not amazing competition. They're about to go into a run of the Roosters, Melbourne, Canberra, Sharks, Souths. I don't see him scoring that many tries in the in the next five games. Um, even with his negative thirty one BE, it could be. It's not necessarily in the same Peter Hiku mold because he didn't get it. He didn't get his big points around one and two through you know, scoring tries, uh, but I can see it doing the same thing where over the next five weeks, yeah, averages 30 again, not the 80s that he's been getting. Yeah, it's hard to see him, him and the Warriors putting up huge scores against the Roosters in Melbourne coming up. And then, you know, they could have a big game against Canberra, but Sharks and South after that. So it's, it's yeah. it is a tough run. I didn't realise it was as tough as it was when I first looked at it, but you're right. There's a, a uphill battle to climb there. Um I know, you know, a lot of people will jump on these guys and just ride the negative break either and, you know, probably get him up to you know, 470, 500 maybe if he can push out a couple of 40s. But, um, you know, that's two trades for the sake of, what, 70K, 75K? Yeah, that's it. Uh, just having a look at his projected scores and, you know, projected price, if he averages about 55 over the next uh, four rounds, he'll hit 500 and that'll be his peak, but I still even don't see him averaging 55 over the next four rounds. So he'd be very, very lucky to hit 500, I'd say, and it's definitely not worth the two trades because that's not someone you want in your team, you know, come round 10. That's a big hold from the guru. Um, next, there's hold a couple off. of... Sh- <laughs> hold off, that's right. There's a couple of Sharks boys I really liking at the moment, or I've got my eye on, I should say. Sione Katoa on the right wing has been killing it this season. So have all the center wings for the Sharks, really. But um, Katoa doesn't get spoken about a lot. He gets looked over for the other big-name guys. But um, is he someone who is of any interest to you um, playing extremely well outside of Nico Hines? Yeah, I've got a um, big soft spot for him because I ran with him and SJ in 2020 and they were huge for me all year, basically. Yep. Um, and last year, Ramian was huge for me. So I kind of like the sh- and the Sharks wingers and centers. They do the most work and out of any backline in the entire comp by far in my eyes. They, those guys just get through so much work. I think even Molotalo put something on Twitter saying how much work they get through is kind of crazy. Um, yes, Sione Katoa, lowest score in the last four weeks has been you know about a seventy, and they haven't had you know the the craziest hard run or the crazy easiest run. They've had Para, St George, Newcastle Tigers. So Para, Newcastle, you know they can both stand up definitely. Um, St George and West Tigers not so much, but. 
Yeah, he, he can definitely consistently score the tries, and I can see him averaging 60-odd here on out, um, especially once they get through next week against Melbourne. Then they've got quite a good run up to the first buy round and even beyond. Um, don't play around 13, but again, like we talked about before, not a huge issue if you're buying him in this early. Uh, and then round 17 versus Storm, and Storm are missing you know, 95% of their squad for origin. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's a viable option. Um, 613K, though, is a bit dear, especially if you're expensive. buying him this week against Melbourne. Because you know, Melbourne's Melbourne. It's hard to see him getting a huge score. Definitely won't be getting a double, um, but you know, any wing is like, possible for a try. But then he does have his low games as well. Uh, his low is very low. He scored 15 in the first round. So you do have to take the highs with the lows, sort of like Xavier Coates. Yep. Um, but you know, with their run between 7 to 12, if you do have the cash and you can cough up you know, 613K, it's definitely a good pod to have, only owned by 1.3% as well. Yeah, there's a huge pod. And so he's just pumped out a – did he score 100 last week? Uh, 98. 98, yep. Um, so he can absolutely fly, and he's on the back of a very strong – backline at the moment i'm the same as you I, I had him in 2020 and he really was um a catalyst for a strong season for me that year and so i've got yeah i i'm a, again i've got a soft spot for him just like you do and um always keeping an eye on the big filler out there um his teammate cam mckinnis he had a 73 this week as you said he got a bit of inflated game time because of the teague wilton hia um, but is this the start of things to come for him I hope so. I would have liked to see him named this week because then he's definitely an option. Um, he's finally got a you know a decent break even at thirty nine. So coming from the bench, I wouldn't say he's a buy yet, but he definitely will be a buy. He's definitely edging closer and closer towards that starting role, and I'm assuming he goes into lock and McKinnon. Uh, sorry, Fanukin goes to prop uh, for a Hamlin, Ueli, or Rudolph. But when he's that, when he's a starting. Lock and he's playing sixty plus. He's he's definitely a buy because he'll be averaging fifty fifty five without the attacking stats and you know with his ball playing skills he can definitely uh, jag one or two every week or so. What's Blake Braley playing as far as minutes go? Do you know off the top he, of your head? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been playing eighty because they dropped Trindle yeah. from the bench. Uh, I'm just pulling it up now. Yeah, he's been playing. Oh, so he hasn't played less than 70. The last three weeks has been 75, 79, 71. Um, but I don't see Braley as a buy either. I think no, he's my kind of hit his peak. point there was if uh, McInnes does come into lock and they're trying to you know find minutes for guys on the bench still, does he replace Braley at all in the, in the dummy half role for a time? Yeah, potentially. Um, I, I don't know if they'd want to take Braley out, just considering how good he's been. Um, even Fitler was talking about he's a, he's you know an emerging New South Wales player the way he's been playing recently. Um, but you know, Fitzgibbon can do it every once basically. But uh, personally, I wouldn't be taking Braley out. I wouldn't be playing him less than sixty-five, seventy minutes. Just the, the way his impact has been. Um, McInnes is more than capable of playing you know sixty, seventy plus in the lock role. And yep. Fanukin with that impact in the middle, um, playing 50-so minutes in prop. Really, Fanukin's not playing any different of a role uh, as the 13 than he is. No. Um, no, he's not ball know, playing. He's not, he's not doing anything different to any other prop. Yeah, meat and potatoes straight up the middle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely got my eye on McInnes too, so it's, I'm glad that you're all on the same page. We're just waiting for that, that, yeah. that, that naming, uh, that little push to get us over the edge. 
I'm kind of hoping he's in. Um, he kind of lines up with when Randall hits his peak. So hopefully McInnes gets that start around the same time Randall peaks in cash because Randall's still got a, you know one of, a couple of prices to go up because he's still got a negative two break even. Um, yep. So you know if he if he's still pumping out forties fifties over the next couple of weeks, he should rise a little bit and uh, hopefully bridges the gap to McInnes. That's and, a good, you know, it's a good trade segue. Out. And someone else, I've jumped down the list a little bit on our run sheet, but Ruben Cotter, he's in that same mold, the second row uh, hooker, um, do dual flexibility. He's someone I brought in last week, and he's he's been named on the bench again. What's your read on him? To my oh, eye, he's I, playing too well to be sitting on the bench or not getting the minutes. But I don't see it as a huge issue because last week he scored his highest, you know. Uh, points and I know he had the line break but without line break he scores uh like about 60 and that was playing his least amount of minutes so I don't think the benching really affects him he sort of goes into that Connor Watson 2021 role um comes off the bench to play the hooker or lock role um and he'll just get through work and you know he's capable of jagging an attacking stat here or there or, or you know creating something and they don't have the the craziest hard run either. They've got over the next five: Canberra, Titans, Para, Newcastle, West. Um, I, I don't see the the benching to be a huge issue, especially taking the sting out of the game for the first you know fifteen twenty minutes. Um, yeah, I, I don't really see it as a big issue personally. Just on last week, he was promoted to the starting side before kickoff um, with Hess ruled out. He so Cotter either went to prop or Lolo went to prop and Cotter went to thirteen, but they play as you said, play similar roles. So um, even then, he played the least amount of minutes. Yeah, he did. He did. He got a big break right through the middle of the game where I was stressing out. I must admit, um, but the guy's a gun. He needs the minutes in my eyes. Um, as you said, seventy one did have a line break early in the game, but got through plenty of work after sitting down for what seemed like 60 minutes. Um, I really hope you you are right in that he's playing that Connor Watson role, coming on after 20 or so and, and playing out the game and giving him a bit of a sting. So he's another way. He's very similar to what you're saying with Cam McInnes. Like I could always you know, move him about to fit in that um, while trading out Randall. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stress about Cotter going to the bench at all. Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sold on him as a buy because I think there's better options. But uh, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's hard to argue with. Like he, he still, I, I wouldn't argue against someone buying him. But I personally am not looking at him. Um, but yeah, he can easily average fifty five, sixty um, this yeah, season, well, even staying with his it. role. I did it last yeah. week. So you're a week late. You can't talk me out of it. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's a bad buy at all. But <laughs> I'm just not looking at him myself. The, the South boys, I've got a list here. We've already spoken about Colin Tungy and Campbell Graham a bit, um, but your other dudes, your, your Tane Milnes, um, you know, the the cusp guys, I don't have Mansour down. I don't think he's a very serious option <laughs> at all. Um, but Blake Taft especially not is at the another price. one. No, mate, especially at the talent. Um, but, yeah, these guys playing on the end of a very potent back line, um, Taff at fullback, he should be goal kicking, I believe. If I would assume uh, so, they don't really have any other options now. Latrell's out. So is Blake Taff first of all? Is he an automatic buy? Uh, not yet. Yeah, wait a week. He's not the, you know, he's not around three Taylor May or anything like that at the moment. Um, he's still, he still he play, he scored thirty nine. I think last year in eighty minute games at fullback, he didn't even average that well. Um, so. 
yeah, you still have a week to see because he has only played the one game. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying last year in 80-minute games, he scored 49, 25, and 47. So it is. I know that Rabbitohs have a great run, and he is a definite downgrade option, but I think it's better to hold someone like Schneider um, over Blake Taff. Uh, if Schneider does have a, a you know a crap game over the next couple and his BE kind of soars a little bit above the five that it's currently at, then you could potentially downgrade him and, gra- and take Taff and the 200 grand that comes with it. Um, but I think it's better to hold Schneider and Tedesco and players like that rather than trade down to Taff now. Perfect, because those are the sort of guys I was going to bring up in that um, scenario. You know, Schneider's coming to topping out. Um, Teddy's on a bit of a slump. So a lot of people I've seen on Twitter today, they're trading those two out exactly for um, Blake Taff, jumping the gun on him, thinking they'll get eight weeks of control scores. Yeah, if you've got Ilias at halfback, um, and you're looking to get him out, wait for this week um, because he's still got a negative BE and then flip him down to Taff. But other than that, I'd be holding on everyone else and holding off on Taff for at least this round. Perfect. Is there any, as I said, that we spoke about a little bit. Is there any other Rabbitohs that you've got an eye on? Um, oh, definitely Damien, Cookie. Damien Cook for me, <laughs> I was about to say the same. Um, but again, he comes into the origin fold. So with him and Harry Grant out, you're you're at a loss a little bit. Um but, yeah, no one else. I know Tane Milne's playing in that left-centre role that was vacated by Dan Gagai last year, uh, this off-season. Um, and Milne scored an 80 on the weekend, just gone. So they're definitely still going to the left. Is he worthwhile or is it just, uh, again, another flash in the pan? If Milne was about 100 to 50K cheaper, yeah. But, you know, when you can get him for the same, almost the same price as what, you know, other, uh, other 440K players are yeah, I just don't see Milan as a buy. Um, another one that I was looking at until Latrell got injured was AJ, but that's kind of gone out the window now. Just with their Why run, you know, he could score 10 tries over the next five games. But at this point in time, with the way Cody Walker's playing and no Latrell, I just don't trust uh, Walker and Taft to get the job done for him. Yep. No, it's hard to argue that. Garden, it's, AJ he, did a nice score a, he scored a 20-odd on the weekend, just gone to... Um, yeah. You know, and I I backed him for two plus tries on that team. But it wasn't I think I had the same as well. I uh, yeah, that was a, a loss for me. But yeah, no, um, South. I think we've covered them all. Okay, Murray, but he's too too high a price now to bring in. And an Origin player. And an Origin. Um, Dave Davy Mole uh, Moal Moal. Um, he's a front rower on the bubble at the moment. Um, we're just talking bunnies still, but um, he's played the two games. Both off the bench, had a 19 last week and a break-even of 11 at the moment. Um, is it worthwhile? I, I think I said in my post this afternoon that it's, it might be worthwhile just watching on him for another week. He's break-even being 11. He's not going to go through the roof, um, see what sort of minutes he gets. Um, what, what's your take on him? Because I know Leo Thompson's close to topping out as well. Is it worth grabbing yeah, a baby? No, I don't see... Um, I don't. Know, I don't think Davy will hit 300k at this rate if he's staying in the same role. Um, even look, if he scores a, a 30 or so next week, he's only going up, yeah, uh, 10 to 15k. So there's really no rush or no need to get him in. Um, he, he's not a viable downgrade option, definitely from one of the guns like an AFB or whoever you got up there. But no, nah, I, I think Leo Thompson's probably a better hold because he's definitely secured in more minutes. Um, and and we do have time to wait for Davy's role to increase if it does. 
Uh, but yeah, no, I don't see him as a as a buy really. All right. Well, one more I've got to throw at you, and it's uh, Jason Saab. Um, he's two hundred and eighty something k at the moment. Um, he's just woeful. I know he's absolutely woeful. He's scored a four on the weekend in 80 minutes of game time. But we know what he can do with Turbo, the sort of runs he had last year. Um, he's almost becoming a downgrade option and plays that first buy round. Is it worthwhile keeping an eye on him? Uh, yeah, potentially, but I think he's still yet to bottom out. He's still got a BE of 60, and um, the way he's going, he still has... You know, a Gold Coast, uh, if he's playing on the right, he's up against Greg Marzu, maybe? Or no, Greg, uh, he'll be up against Philip Sammy. Yep. Um, uh, definitely capable of holding him out, especially yeah. being Philip set up by Ruben Derrick and Turbo. Who are pretty good defenders. I, um, I don't know, I haven't watched a lot of Titans games super closely, but yeah, Sammy and Kelly are pretty good defenders on the left edge there. So, yeah, uh, you know, without Turbo. Three weeks' time when, when they've got the Tigers and Broncos, uh, if Turbo's back by then, then possibly. But even after that, they've got Para and Melbourne. So, you know, will he reach 400k this year, Jason Saab? Probably not. Nah, not the way that Settle Wings are going. Not to be called. Um, but no, yeah, I don't think it is. Not the way uh, Saab's going. <laughs> yeah, no. But as I say, the, the way that scoring's going, the, the center wings aren't as proficient at getting over the line. The scores aren't as high. The tries aren't as free-flowing. So, um, well, and Turbo's being nullified as well. So. You, yeah. Ridiculously, I mean, they're throwing three guys at him every time he touches the ball. Um, but yeah, so uh, is there anyone else uh, on your list that you're looking at for your article this week, or um, you're considering buying or selling or, or whatever else? Yeah, well, like I said before, I'm kind of uh, just even for myself. Um, I'm in two minds about what my trades this week. So originally, I was looking at Wilton out for a Zach Lomax, Campbell Graham, Klamatungi, someone along those lines. Um, but another one that interests me is Tom Starling, especially now Matt Frawley's out of the side because uh, I've got um, Harry Grant in my uh, starting hooker role and I've got Chris Randall. Uh, I do have the cash to go Randall up to Starling. Uh, so it is one I'm looking at and Starling should be playing, you know, 80 minutes now that Matt Frawley's not on the bench. So it is another interesting one. And I'd say Starling's a buyer, but it is also situational. Uh yeah, he just has such a high ceiling and he's got such fire about him that it's it's hard to – it's actually – I find it tough to watch a Canberra game and, and just see him break through the line so he does yep. it so easily. Yeah, I'm a big uh, fan and of Tom the Cowboys this week. Yeah, that should be an interesting game on the Thursday yeah. night. And Tom Starling's a potential VC play there if you do have him. Uh, the thing I'm keeping an eye on there is, is Xavier Savage is named on the bench. Um, Matt Tomoko failed to finish the game last week. He, he said to have a back injury, and I think in the presser, Ricky said he was really not doing well. So the, the, my read on the teams is that Tomoko may still be struggling, and they've named Savage as a cover. Um, and if he goes into wing because Tomoko's out, then Frawley could come back on the bench. But whether he gets on the field or not, he, uh, you know, he didn't play at all last week. Um, Starling still played eighty, so uh, it's just something. That's to keep it. Against, an eye on. against Melbourne, he still got in uh, a fifty-eight, and that was with the line break. But in eighty minutes, fifty-eight against Melbourne, that's pretty solid, and he's definitely capable of getting the high score because I think he's got the highest score ever scored by a hooker. Like yeah, one sixty against the Sharks or something like no, that. No. Yep, no, it was against us. Yes, yeah, he demolished the Knights in the final game of the round two years ago or three years ago, something like that. It, it was. That's right. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, and it, I wouldn't say 
for Sullivan to be your starting hooker. I'd say you need a Cook or Grant in. I'd say they're the two kind of standout hookers by far. So if you've got, I wouldn't be trading either of them out definitely, and I'd be targeting them first. Um, but if you can get a Randall or someone up to that hooker role, or even if you've got a Cotter up there, trade out one of your, uh, and if you've got a Teague Wilton or something like that in your second row, like I do, that's an easy trade out up to Starling. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, I'd say Starling's a definite option. And I was just having a look at the top traded in and out for the week, and currently the top traded in player is uh, Cooler from uh, Manly. Manly. Yeah. I started with him, and I, I'm just if I wasn't an owner, unless I needed the cash to bring in someone else, like if you're, if you're trying to bring in a Cleary or Moses or something like that for this round, I just don't see him as a as a immediate buy until that four drops out of his rolling average. That four is on the first round when he yeah, only came out at the end of the game. That's only next week, though, isn't it? And we don't know that's whether he'll actually be in the side next week. Um, you would that's think exactly what the- that Morgan Harper comes back in and Christian... Uh, to a Yes, thank you. Took a stab at it. Tongue-tied there. Um yeah, you'd think he would drop out for Harper and then, you know, whatever shuffle that they make to fit those guys in. But nothing's certain yeah. in this game. Well, I started with him because uh, my original plan was to start with either him, Alamotti, or Tass, whoever was more likely to play an NRL game first and Cooler just looked more likely for me. So he was named to the bench round one. So I went with him um, and I played him against Canberra where he scored like a 60, so I was pretty happy with it. I'm happy to hold him throughout the season as, you know, a, a base uh, price player I just if I uh, looking at it as if I wasn't an owner if I didn't it, unless I'm using it to fund the cash for a big name player I would hold off this round and wait to see if he's named next week over to a Palutu yeah that's a great call because um, with that four in his average and his break evens you know, it's negative seven, so if it won't go through the roof um, you might lose a bit of cash generation but you're right it, Anything could happen. He could hurt himself. He was said to be out a couple of weeks with that leg injury. So there's nothing to say he actually gets to game day again um, this week. So worthwhile keeping that trade in your back pocket if you need it. Um, keep an eye on him. That's a good call. I did jump on last week with the trades. I was trying to make it. I, I needed the cash and I kind of regretting it. Um, it looks like I've got a AE. There's a kitty. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I sort of back you. I think if I didn't jump on him last week, I'd be waiting a week similar to what I would be doing with um, David Moyle. Um, yeah. Another one, yeah, sorry, just a, uh, yeah, I'll just have a look. Uh, Brody Jones. Um, he's yeah, that's a, a good call. downgrade option. Yeah. He uh, third most bought in this week. Four point five percent of super coaches have brought him in. Um, yeah, he's he's you know he, he, he you know what you're getting with him. He probably average forty five fifty without attacking stats over. You know, it doesn't uh, probably he doesn't play the first buy. Um, no, but, but I don't think have if you a, did a bring him in, you're probably going to flick him, but um, before the first buy anyway. Oh, uh, absolutely. Fitzgibbon was said to be out for eight weeks, which I think we bringing him back around that buy. They might hold him off until round fourteen, just to be certain. So if he does come back, then Brody Jones would be relegated to a bench role again anyway, you would think. So you'd just be riding him until that uh, you get more information on Fitzgibbon. They do yeah, have the, or even until know, he peaks. Well, yeah, exactly right. Um, the Dragons this week is a pretty good matchup, but following that, Parramatta and Melbourne um, before an easier run into the, the buy rounds. But um, again, 
he's a very he's not a flair guy um, from watching him. He'll get he'll play his role. He'll make his tackles. He'll make his runs. He might crash over for a try here and there, but it's definitely not what he's known for. So, so I don't he, think the Parramatta and Melbourne games are really going to hurt him in that. No, respect. definitely. He kind of like I, I might be a bit off here, but he kind of reminds me of the Liam Martin mold. Like he he plays with like the mongrel in him and. It's kind of like the Lee Martin, Nathan Brown, where his runs, they're effective. Like he will make 12 meters and he will, like he will carry blokes with him, but it doesn't translate into super coach that amazingly. No. Like he'll either be a 40 or an 80. That's um, a very good yes. comparison, actually. Yeah, because he's not going to be breaking the line off his own bat. If he, if he runs a decent line and his halves can put him through a hole, then yeah, he'll take advantage of it. But yeah, he's a, he's a worker, he's not um, an attacking guru no definitely so you expect the lows as you expect the highs but even then i wouldn't be expecting the highs that much just considering the uh attacking output that the knights will give him i think i'd be more interested in him if he had uh center wing uh flexibility yeah. too because he, he did play a little bit there for us uh in years gone by as a fill-in guy but um not to be second row forward only um there's no one else on my list that i'm uh, actively looking at at the moment. Um, but has anyone else jumped out to you? Not in the buys hugely. Um, you do have the Joey Manus and stuff and Mitch Moses, um, and Mitch who we touched on. But, yeah, Joey Manus just there. for He'll be a huge cash grab. Um, well, I, again, I can't argue with. I, I started with Joey Manu and Dylan Brown, so I'm a bit upset I sold them early on because I would have <sighs> – been in that's the money, if so, but brutal. Yeah, that no, that's right. I'm, I've moved do on. Do as from I say, clearly. not as I do. Type deal <laughs> with you. No, exactly. I, I, the Dylan Brown moved to the center in the first round, kind of scared me. So I bought in Munster. Thought I worked a master stroke, and now Dylan Brown's almost the same as him, and he's, he's averaging a point more. Um, and Joey Marty, after uh, we were all promised or that he was going to get that kind of roaming role. And out the wing in that first round, and it looked like it. And then second round went back to how it was uh, beginning of last year. So I flicked him because I didn't want to hold someone who was five hundred grand who wasn't going to be scoring that much. And now he's come out and scored four tries in two games or something. <laughs> yeah, and I said last week that uh, the one eighteen was his second highest score of all time. It's not really yeah, his that bag those me. big scores. And um, yeah, he turned around and, and dropped another. And one it, it might not score high. I, I don't really see him scoring higher than that this season. To be completely honest, like again, like it doesn't. How often does he score a double in a game? Unless That's he's right. probably fullback. Um, but I mean, if you if you can going to bring him in, um, the Roosters have a great run. Oh, and he's definitely uh, and on he's a different level at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's going to make a ton of cash. No, definitely. Um, on the trade outs though, there's a couple in there that are uh, Xavier Coates is the fourth most sold player. Uh, I don't agree with that at all. Like, if you if you have a coaching team, you know exactly what you're getting. Like, you know that you you might one week you might get the eighty when he scores a double, but the next week if he doesn't score, he's probably going to get a twenty. Um, but you just uh, he's not a sell at all to me. So he's a definite hold. The question definite. I raised in my um, piece this afternoon was: Would if you're are you an owner? Yeah. Yeah, I you started are? with him. He was one of the first picked for me. All right. Well, will you be playing him against the Sharks this week? I will be playing Coates in pretty much every game. Yep. Um, Just hoping that he, he gets an attacking start. Well, that's it. Like, I, he is probably the like out of all the wingers in the comp. I say he's the most likely to score every single game. 
Okay. Uh, kind of like Adam Carl was last yep. year. Like even in the hard games, you still know Melbourne are going to score a couple of tries. Yes, that's a fair point. Melbourne's so Xavier really Coates is the most likely winger in the comp to score, uh, just based on his team and his ability. So yeah, there are weeks where he, he may not score, and he may like they may not verse a, a crazy hard team like last week. I think it was it was Canberra they played. They didn't score, but there are weeks where he will, you know, score a hat trick and score against a hard team. So I don't really see him as a sit in any game, um, especially when you can compare him to most reserves and teams like the likes of Tuolagi or Chris Randall and Ilias and players like that. I would still back Coates um, over. I, I'm, I feel more confident in Coates uh, over guys like them. All right. Well, you got a lot more confidence in him than I do. Uh, I'm not an owner, uh, and it was purely because of uh, the lows that he can put out, like he's just shown us. But uh, a couple of weeks before that, I was really regretting not starting with him. You know, was, uh, I had the same thoughts. I had the exact same thoughts as you that he would be scoring on playing that Adokar role, and he'd be on the back of one of the most potent um, attacking lines in football. But um, just watching him in the Brisbane games up here, he just didn't do enough on a day to day. Basis, game to game basis, I should say that um, you know instilled a lot of confidence in me. If he wasn't to score a try, no, absolutely. But I think that's like the way I looked at it preseason, and this is what I said to others: is if Ado Carr, um, like fresh and seam, came into the season, and you know exactly what you're getting in that left wing position. If Ado Carr came onto it and he was 350k the start this year, would you be buying him? And to me, that was like, oh yeah, that left wing position for Melbourne, like 350k, they're going to be scoring points. Um, so I just I didn't I, to me it was a no brainer to have Coates in. Yep, um, a couple other guys on that trade out list: Dom Young, Latrell Mitchell, uh, obvious. Um, Peter Hickey's sort of gone cold from his early season start. Um, Luke Keary, he's, uh, he's he's sort of bounced. He's been a roller coaster really. He's not really performing the way people thought he would, um, even though we all knew he was coming back from a, a bad ACL injury. Um, is he a hold, or do you just flick him and, and move on? Uh, there's there's much better options in that five eight halfback role. Um, unless you unless if you if you can't bring in if you can't bring him up to someone, he's potentially a hold for one round and and bring him down to TAF. Um, if you're desperate, if if you need cash for someone else and you've got Kiri potentially down to TAF now, um, in that halfback slot. But yeah, I don't know. I just I, he's. Has not fired. I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of him preseason either. So I'm no, kind of glad I didn't. Start, I started with yeah. Sam Walker, and then flicked him for Hines after round one. Oh, so I was pretty, pretty lucky. Like, I, was, I was very I close to starting with Hines. Yeah, yeah, I was so close to starting with Hines. My dad was big on him. He started with him. Um, I almost did it, but then last second, when Sam Walker got confirmed goal kicking, I was all on all in on him. Then that first round, and they they got pumped by you guys um, by Newcastle. I was like, nah, I've, I've got to get Hines in. Hines is just too solid and he's got too many touches to not score good. Yeah, that's. I wish I had seen that earlier because I, I reviewed these guys in the um, in the mega guide in, in the preseason and I, I had uh, Hines as a, a, a down downgrade, op- not a downgrade option, sorry. Uh, um, he would come back to the pack a bit. I had him averaging about 60 and he's really thrown that in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think um, partnering with Moylan has kind of been a blessing in disguise because everyone, you know, preseason was bagging that partnership, thinking that it was going to mm. flop, and you know that. But it's just it's given Hines so many opportunities. Yeah, exactly. And same Moylan's playing, playing passenger, just picking and choosing. Hines <laughs> is really running the show. He's uh, one I've regretted not grabbing. Um, Jeremiah Nanai, he 
everyone was super keen on him after that you know three to try hundred against the Broncos, but he's done next to nothing since then. He's a definite punt at this stage. Yeah, no, he's um he's definitely a trade out. Cowboys run gets a little bit tougher from here from memory. I think they've got they've got Canberra this week, Titans, Para. Um, uh, they've got a couple of easy games. He can score points in them, but I think he's hit his peak uh, cash-wise, so I would take the cash and run. And you've got a couple of trade-down options now, especially with someone like Brody Jones coming up. You can, tr- you've got 100 and, you know, almost 20K you've made from Nanai. Flick him out for uh, Brody Jones and run with it. Yeah, that's a that's not a bad uh, ploy at all. Either. I'd probably recommend doing that one, Brody Jones. As we said, it's not going to make you a ton of money, but you'll get a ton of money by the downgrade. All right, well, we've gone, you know, we're hitting sort of our time now, I think. Me and Judd's usually go well over time. You and I have hit just over an hour already. Um, so we should start wrapping this up. Let's have a look at the captains and vice captains um, for coming weekend. Uh, myself, I'm sort of targeting the Panthers Broncos game. I'm probably looking at a Taylor May or Isaac Targo for a vice captaincy played there. Um, with, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really sure where I land on my captains. Maybe uh, uh, Teddy against the Warriors. I made a call that he's going to hit his break even, which is 102, so I may as well back that up. Who are you going with? Uh, I'm actually in the same boat. Uh, I, I Just having a look at my team, I couldn't uh, – it's a bit hard to loop because I've only got Sean Russell and Piakura as my NPRs, and even then um, I'd have to sit out Will Penasini because all my other reserves are playing early in the week, so it's a bit tough for me to even loop. So I would have to go someone like Taylor May or Tago, um, someone very early on as my VC. And then for captaincy, uh, I'm looking at I, – I, I, I do have it on Teddy at the moment, just against the Warriors. I don't see the Warriors being that flash. I think the Cowboys outplayed them last week, but Warriors got up. Um, so yeah, this could easily be Teddy's bounce-back game. But at the same time, you do have the safe options with someone like uh, Grant. He's another one I was kind of looking mm-hmm. at because – uh, the Sharks have definitely tightened up their defense this year, but you know Grant can still put a score on any team, so he's a kind of a pot option in the back of my mind. But I think I'm leaning Teddy this round. Yeah, I think so. It's sort of a boom, uh, a safe versus boom and bust kind of guy. The um, yeah. uh, the Warriors are giving up almost sixty points a game to fullbacks this year. Uh, the lowest is thirty three for against um, who they played. That was at the Broncos. They played. Two weeks ago, round four. That's so Tessie New. Tessie New, yeah, scored a 33. Um, and then 94 to Drinkwater last week shows what the fullbacks can really do on these guys. So Teddy could have a field day. Um, just see, looking- a day game on a Sunday at SCG as well. It's just, it, it's it's kind of too perfect not to go. I mean, especially with everyone trading him out now. Um, yeah, that's the added yeah, bonus. His revenge. Works so, works so well with David Fafita, right? Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's us for round six, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and lending us uh, your expert opinion. It's been really good to, to get a different uh, thought process. JT and I think very similar in a lot of things, um, so it was good to get a, a, a third-person view on this this week. So I appreciate you coming on and helping me out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, always enjoy coming on and uh, looking forward to seeing how this round goes. Uh, mate, anytime. You're welcome anytime. Give yourself a plug. What's your Twitter handle that everyone can follow you on? Jeez, uh, I'm on Twitter so much, but I don't even look at my own Twitter handle <laughs> most of the time. It's uh, Alex JC Bear. So, yeah, mainly just shit posting about Supercoach and uh, 
retweeting a lot of the buy sell hold articles that pop up and a lot of phoenix sun stuff i see you oh yeah about well, regularly oh definitely it's um it's finally my time to stand up and uh yeah at least one of my teams is going well so i've, yeah, I've well, definitely got a shout out from the rooftop i'm a miami fan so i'll see you in the finals um <laughs> keep an eye out for uh, alex's uh, articles they drop wednesday afternoon usually buy sell hold it's one of the most important articles of the week um, especially for trade addicts like myself. Mate, once again, thank you and um, good luck for the the upcoming week and season. Uh, any final words? No, I was just going to say, um, if you're jumping and looking at the article, feel free to chuck any questions up in the comments. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active on it, so I'm always replying to comments and giving people advice on their own trades. So, yeah, feel free to chuck anything up or you know, tweet at me, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty active, so feel free to, to have a yarn. Not even comments, mate. Come at us for blood. Come and sh- share your <laughs> shit takes and, and try and take us down a peg or two. We love it. Thank you yeah. again, mate. And um, I'll see you, uh, you know, around the traps. Yeah, definitely. All right, bud. Catch up. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.